the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, where we try to help people fulfill the obligations of their most important political office. My co-host Don Dix is, is away today, and he's got lots of th- between doing the morning answer and filling in there, his, own, his other daily show, and his work with the Riverside County Republican Party. He's the new chair there, trying to change that organization into a lean, mean political fighting machine, which is a total change of culture. Uh, doesn't just doesn't have time for his friends over here on Unite, i.e., radio anymore. But fortunately, to uh, to help me uh, to carry us through today, we have one of my favorite guests, if not my probably my favorite guest, and that is Katie Hopkins. And I remember her. My first introduction to her was she was on Tucker Carlson on Fox News, and she was introduced as the most hated woman in Britain. And of course, and of course that was as hated by all the people, all the right people that you would want to be hated by, <laughs> because she is a, because she's outspoken and effective in the cause of defending her country, her people, and the cause of freedom. And she did it. She did one of our Unite IE conferences. And she's been on our show a number of times. So the, fortunately today, I just need to let Katie do most of the talking and periodically go. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm, brilliant point, Katie. And with that, let's <laughs> let's bring her. I, I hear I hear her giggling in the background. So let's let's bring her up here. Katie, welcome to the show. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a it's a treat to be back in California after being in um, Colorado for a couple of weeks where it's still snowing uh, quite a lot of the time, although it, it is blue. But when I got off the plane here in California, and the air steward says, welcome to California. Enjoy the sunshine. I, I literally just bounce off of that plane like, yes, I'm back in the sunny sunshine. So it's good to be back here in this uh, great state. I know your last trip was it was quite an ordeal to get out from behind the COVID iron curtain that has descended around and in yeah. the United Kingdom. Uh, what, what did you have to do this time to get here? Yes. Yeah, so this time, actually, the iron curtain has got a taller, deeper, wider, more aggressive, uh, more policed and more expensive. Um, so last time you couldn't come to the States because we're banned from being in America, but I was able to navigate, we'll use that term, I think, the system. And if you spent, if I spent two weeks in Barbados and cleansed myself of being British, so I haven't been in the UK for 15 days or more, I could then make my break for America. So last time, that was the journey that I took. And then I spent three months on the road campaigning in and around the Trump team uh, ahead of the election, which, you know, I 100% believe, along with 85 million other Americans, that Trump won. Um, this time, actually, they made it a lot more complicated. It's now illegal to leave the UK. It is illegal to go on holiday. It's illegal to be more than seven miles from your home in the UK. And British people are also banned from America. Um, but I think we've all come to realize that uh, the time for asking permission is over and the time for waiting for an answer from people that you don't respect is through. Um, so de- despite those laws being in place and despite British people being banned, I am back. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of British people watching me break every rule that there is. But this time I had to be a lot more wily. I went to Germany first because Germans don't really like British people. So they were happy to see me leave. And then I went to Mexico City um, because we're not allowed to go on holiday. But as a journalist, Mexico City kills more journalists than any other city uh, per annum. So I figured if I went there, people wouldn't think I was just going for a funsies. 
went to Mexico City for 20 days, and then I emerged gleaming into the sunlight of um, Colorado. Oh, so you, so you, fortunately for you, I guess, since Biden opened the, the southern border, you, you're one of the uh, hundreds of thousands that are pouring across. Well, that was the plan, really. It was the sort of, um, if I wasn't going to make it either onto the plane or possibly off at the other end in America, then um, there were some, uh, what we call them, friends here in America that were going to come and assist me uh, making my way across the border instead. So, um, so yes, I think the message from that is um, that we all need to think about personal acts of defiance. And in many ways, that's what me being in America is about. It's about showing people that um, we're not just going to sit and be told what to do. Well, I'm sure glad uh, that you made it. But people, my from what I've read, people in UK are, for the most part, accepting of all of that. Yeah. And, and that's been, I mean, I think for all of us, whether you're British or American or whatever, one of the most heartbreaking things of this whole year and um, the COVID collapse of, of the capital system, uh, capitalist system, is that um, we have had to witness people that we, uh, I mean, strangers comply, and, that, and that's bad enough. Then we've had to watch neighbours comply, and that was fairly hard, although we don't always get on with our neighbours. In fact, frankly, there's some neighbours of mine that I can't stand. But we've also had to watch family members comply, and then we've had to watch very close family members, siblings, and I'm talking from personal experience, and many, many other people out there will understand this, is we've had to watch siblings become the COVID police of our own family. One of the siblings, one of the daughters or sons usually appoints themselves as COVID police and becomes the sort of controller of the family unit. Um, and I think that's very dark. And I think watching British neighbours report on neighbours if they see more than two people in a house or report a neighbour for sitting on their driveway in a car, which is what is an arrestable offence now in the UK. Um, you know, these are very difficult times and my email inbox is filled with people who simply don't want to carry on in a rational way with the life that they're being told they now have to lead. So, you know, it is very dark and uh, as much as I you know, bring humor with me that these are dark times both on both sides of the pond. And the thing is, the the evidence is clear. Lockdowns, masks used by the general public outside of medical facilities don't work. Mm. And I think um you know, I think that's one of the things is when people start making up irrational rules, um, then of course what you start with Thing is mass irrational behaviour. And, and that's what we're really seeing is this mass irrational behaviour. So, you know, it is kind of weird zombie territory when you walk through an airport and you look up and every single face is covered. You know, it's weird to see mothers scold their children for not having their masks on. In the UK, my children are supposed to be tested every morning before they're allowed to go to school. They were kept out of school for a year, which I know Americans can understand. If they don't do testing, and two of my children have personally made the decision they're not going to do testing because they're not sick. Um, if they don't do testing, they have to wear a badge. And the badge is there to show that they don't respect their classmates, that they are in effect unclean. And I don't want to say that history repeats itself kind of obviously, but we are at the point of history repeating itself very obviously in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah there are very clear historical par uh, parallels there where you start labeling somebody as the unclean, the untouchable. Um, mm -hmm. Bad things happen from that point. Yes, and I suppose as we've learned in the UK with the you know, collapse of our demographic and that we'll become a Muslim country by 2030, actually at the point that you start realizing bad things are happening, most of that damage and the scaffolding for it uh, is already in play. You know, so we now wearing badges for our children to show that they're unclean. At what point did someone come up with that as an idea? You know, and then you roll back. At what point did someone decide on this COVID virus? And at what point and who was in the room when this was launched? And I believe it was onto society. Um, and I think that's probably one of the big questions I get asked is, where does this end? 
you know, where does this end? Everyone knows it's not about a flu virus. Everyone knows it's not individual countries operating separately. And everyone wants to know where does this end up? Well, the the, uh, natural attendant freedom is the historical exception. The usual course of human of human civilization has been one of tyranny. Some worse, some not as worse, some not as tyrannical. And the examples of liberty and freedom have been fleeting. And that's yeah. just, and that's just, that's the, that's just, and that is just human. Well, people individually have this desire to be free. Collectively, somehow, it always ends up back with the king, the monarch, the pharaoh, the dictator. Yes, the tyranny. And I think, so that's the sort of backdrop to my um, adventure here. And then I think the messaging from my adventure here is something quite different. Um, And it's the reason I'm here. It's the reason I'm back with you guys um, later on today, joyously, in Redland, is that, okay, we, we are now witnessing across the piece that this is hard. And in some cases and some examples, specifically the stickering of children, um, you know, the UK is again far down a dark path. However, you know, as an outsider, and we know I'm the foreigner in the room um, and respectful of my place, but is that Americans are cut from a different cloth. Americans are different to British people. I mean, not only in the fact that you have great peace and uh, customer service and uh, you speak to each other in the elevator, which British people, we, we simply don't do that. That uh, would never happen. It and terrifies we drive us. on the right side of the road that we can have. <laughs> oh, 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 I can have a few words with you about your driving system. And um, But yes, yeah, so look, is that you're different from us. You know, ultimately here with grassroots, and I'm always with grassroots, and some of the places I just went to in Colorado, people were like, Oh my gosh, you came here. <laughs> Thank you for coming here. And I, by the end of the night, I was like, what, ha- what happens here? Am I, am I going to be like eaten by some weird, you know, creatures of the night? But I like to be out among regular people. Regular people are where the heart of America is. And ordinary people like myself are the people who, if you cut into an American, um, they would, they, they, you are built, something in your fibre is different to us. I think it sits with the Constitution. It definitely sits with the Founding Fathers, your Second and First Amendment. But, but you're different to us and it feels different here. And the, the sense of resistance, of highlight, you've got the states that are open, DeSantis leading the way, blazing a trail. You know, there's real hope still in America. And, and that's one of the things I've been talking about a lot is, Despite the darkness of these times, this place is different. America remains, and I believe always will, the hope for freedom for for the rest of the, well, I would say free world, but we're not free anymore, for the rest of the Western world for certain. Yeah, um, we we still have an edge in that direction, but it is is eroding. Maybe we're 10, 20 years behind Europe yeah. in that respect, but uh, they're doing everything they can to the, the powers that be, the control of the culture the, and, the, and the educational institutions to to change that. Um, we had a local candidate, you probably don't know him, uh, Tim Donnelly, you don't know if you ever met him or heard, even heard of the guy, but he made, and I've used this repeatedly, since it, was like, it was like a throwaway line for him he used one time. To be free, you have to think free. And a lot yeah. of this, a lot of what we see specifically with coronavirus and more broadly is to teach people, particularly the succeeding generation, to think not free. Yes. And I think that there's truth in that. And then I think there's a bit that needs correcting. So I think the truth of it, obviously, is the, the majority of it. And you have to think free. And I think the delight is that amongst grassroots out in the get away from these cities and you get to people who not only think free, but they're not even prepared to um, accept any alternative to that. It doesn't really come near them. It glances off their sides. And uh, and those are the patriots that you and I know well. Then there's also this brilliant breed of people who can be encouraged to small acts of resistance. So and I'll give an example of I'm, I was staying in downtown Denver, and obviously everybody's like, we don't stay in downtown Denver. I don't even go to Katie. 
Let's hold that yeah. here. We're, we're a little past time. Okay, my love. Commercial break, and then we'll we'll get into sure. your experiences thus my far. Denver. Or you're yeah. just about to tell. Mm-hmm. After this word sure. from Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate vending needs, both residential and commercial. More with Katie Hopkins after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, and we're very pleased to have back on the show Katie Hopkins, a British journalist and activist who gets out on the pointy end of the uh, of the spear, whether it's in South Africa on the farms, it's in the Muslim no-go areas, it's in the uh, homeless encampments in L.A., and uh, has escaped from the behind the COVID Iron Curtain. In, that surrounds the UK to uh, join us here in California. And before the break, you were starting to tell the story about your trip to and your uh, the events that you did in Colorado. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just here in California from um, Denver. I just actually picked an orange off it. What do you call the little oranges here? That are little oranges. Like a really tiny, little, little tiny orange, though. Smaller yeah. than a Satsuma. Anyway, so you uh, you had, you had some interesting experiences in. Uh, <laughs> yes, our, but I'm our trying to find to out what my orange is called that I have just picked off a tree. Anyway, in downtown Denver, um, and people say you shouldn't go to downtown Denver because uh, nobody goes to downtown Denver anymore because of the homeless people, because of the crime problem, because of the rest of it. So I'm staying in a hotel in downtown Denver. And they have this ridiculous rule there. I mean, not only are they complete mask Nazis, which you can expect and anticipate, but uh, they also have this stupid rule that you only allowed one family or one person in an elevator at a time, because otherwise, obviously, we're all going to die immediately from COVID. So the lines for these elevators are going back across the lobby. They're on every floor. People waiting in line. The elevator opens. If there's someone in it, no one else gets in. And about about day two, I was done with watching this absolute insanity. So I stood on the seventh floor. um, There's a line of people, elevator open, someone's in it. And I said, can I get in? Because frankly, I don't give a, well, the the word is probably rude for radio. So I don't give a, a a darn is what I sort of said. And inside the elevator, the couple that were in there said, yes, get in. We don't give a darn either. So in I get, leaving everybody standing on the seventh floor. And then we're going down. And um, a few of the other people in the elevator said, yeah, we we don't really care either. The, The elevator stops on the fifth floor again. There's a massive line of people. Everyone's waiting. And there was a couple there. And I said, do you want to get in? Because we don't give a darn. And so they got in the elevator with us. So now we have an elevator full of people, my kind of people, who all know that this is all an odd of old nonsense. And then I'm like, well, maybe we should go back up to the 12th floor because you're the best people in Denver that I've found so far. And my point about this story is that wherever we go, there are people who think like us, even if you can't see them. And the more that we can attract those people to us and show them a sort of opening or a doorway to be speaking out about the fact that this is nonsense, I think it's really healthy. So that was probably the highlight of my trip from downtown Denver because I, I love these people so much. Yeah, the um, they're there and, and encouraging that. And that's one of the things I had actually had on my list of things to, to really talk to you about today is that for the people like you and I who are keyed into all this stuff and we're active in it and we see that 
our freedom and countries are on the precipice and maybe we're effective, maybe we're not, we're, but we're at least we're in the, we're in the fight. Yeah. So many LP, so many people out there may have a vague sense that yeah, things are going, yeah, they're not going well. I don't like the direction of things, but they're either from just, they're busy or they're afraid or they just don't know what to do. They're not in the fight and they need to be. I, I mean, I, I think, I think possibly, and I think, I mean, obviously, look, we're missing a whole tranche of people, but my experiences for the last couple of weeks have been that people are turning out in numbers that we haven't ever seen before. And I, and I mean that, uh, including the times leading up to the election with the MAGA rallies um, in churches out in the, in the heartland. So, Colorado Springs or on the Western Slopes or um, out at Loveland in Colorado, you know, right out. These people are turning up 300 people, 400 people. We had 350 people in a church, this huge church, was brimming with people um, in Colorado Springs. There were women there with eight, nine children with a weapon strapped to their thigh, all of them homeschooling, all of them completely out of the traditional system, and all of them very clear about the fact that they'll never wear a mask and they're standing firm together. So I think that's one side of it. And the other thing that I wanted to pick up on from the quote that you said earlier is, you know, where are the 16-year-olds? I really feel the 16-year-olds right now, 14, 16. Um, Young people, it seems, are also part of the group that are thinking, this is madness. This is a life I want, and they are possibly more alone than anyone else because they're so compromised by the schooling system. So I actually think we are going through this kind of awakening of the churches in America absolutely leading the way on all of this. Um, so I think it's really quite exciting times, and the strength of these small groups like the Republican Women This or the you know Colorado Springs Ladies That or you know, if we think about the recall here, you know, amazing kind of grassroots strength and determination that's really starting to show itself. Well, I, we have the same thing. We, 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 have, we have a core group of people that, you know, they're keyed in, they understand what's happening, and unless on some level they're engaged. But to be successful, if we're, if we're going to hold on, if we're going to keep free countries, and we're going to be able to keep our the, the ability to govern ourselves. That needs to broaden, and there's a whole broader range of people. Not the, not the 150 to 200 that will probably be at our Tea Party meeting before you tonight. Uh, not the 350 people that you spoke to in Colorado. But put a, put a couple more, two or three more zeros on the end of that, are people that are going to say, no, I'm not going to tolerate this. Okay, well, well, Greg, how many people signed the petition to recall Newsom? Two, uh, 2. How many 1 zeros million? do you want? Yeah, so how many zeros do you want? Okay, but they, well, I need that. We need, we need the 2.1 million to do more than just sign a petition. Oh, well, I think that's disrespectful, actually. I sat down last night with uh, one of the brilliant ladies who's just been an absolute warrior on the petition. She's an absolute war horse. She's been on that petition signing uh, desk every single weekend from June 2020 to March 2021. Two days every weekend, 10 till 4. You might know her, Laura, from the Bath Pro Shop in uh, here, uh, where I am in, uh, well, just outside of Redlands, really, aren't I? But um, she's just an absolute mammoth giant of a woman in the sense of what she's achieved and she is of course one of thousands and thousands of men and women who have made this recall petition happen and I think the reason I say it's disrespectful to call it just a petition is it's so much more than that listening to her talk the petition isn't just a damn petition at all it's 2.2 million grassroots people who signed it it's all the men and women who sat every weekend and got those signatures in it's a message to governors across every state in your great land to say watch your backs because you are not universally powerful and if you cock up we are coming for you and as Laura it to me as well. It's a message of hope for everybody. She says the recall petition not only is about Newsom, who's now exposed himself across the nation as someone who will never be able to run for president, but it was a way of showing people hope and that when we work together, we can really still make things happen. So I think um, my outlook is much more positive uh, than yours. And I think also just the ultimate 
they have for grassroots. Uh, that's something that's never going to change. It's never going to go away. And I'm, I'm really out here on the road to thank everybody who sat at those petition tables and held those clipboards and got those signatures in because you did something much, much bigger than just a petition. I agree, and we'll carry on this discussion after the second half of Unite IE Radio. Stay tuned. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available, so if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. My usual co-host, Don Dix, is away, his responsibilities in other shows, and with the Riverside County Republican Party, did not uh, allow him to join us today. So that's lucky me because I get our guest, the incomparable, the most hated woman in Britain, Katie Hopkins, all to myself. I don't have to have anybody else jumping into the conversation. It's just the two of us. So welcome back to our second half, Katie. And we were before the break, we were talking about the uh, Gavin Newsom recall and getting more people involved in the matter. And, um, and you're absolutely right, is that this was mostly, this Gavin Newsom recall was mostly a volunteer effort. Some money came in towards the end and helped boost the signature gathering, but it was, uh, it was mostly a volunteer effort. As you said, people like uh, Laura sitting out at Bass Pro Shop every weekend. We, had, we, have, we have one in our group that led the effort, Debbie Lalo, that did the same thing. It was every weekend, I mean, she's constantly out there gathering uh, those signatures. So it is, it is an extraordinary effort, not to, not mm. to be diminished. It's just that we need more people to be like Debbie Lalo or Laura if we're, I think if we're going to be successful in, in saving, our, saving our countries. I, th- I think, yes. I mean, we should just be celebrating those people. I guess my challenge is more at some of the big boys um, that are out and belong to our movement or front it up or are powerful voices for it. Uh, and my challenge, I suppose, out here, as well as bringing this message of massive respect for America, massive respect for grassroots and massive uh, undying respect for your faith and your constitution, is the challenge is how do we as people who are trying to help bring our movement forward, spend more time. I know you work tirelessly with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and that's a brilliant thing. How do we spend more time out with grassroots, helping um, people move forward, helping? Laura said to me last night, all I used to ask people when they signed the petition was, get me one more signature. Get me one more signature. And she said people used to say, I can get you 10. I can get you 50. And she used to look back at them and she used to say, just get me one more. And that to me is the massive message that we need to take is how do we get one more person that wasn't with us before? And the challenge for the big boys is, can you get out of your studios more? Can you get out of the plush conference rooms and 
CPAC, comfy, comfy events where you're paid well and you sleep in a nice hotel bed? How do we get away from asking grassroots to do stuff for us, to come to us, to watch us? How do we take that message out to the grassroots and how do we help bring just one person more? So, so that's the challenge that I'm bringing as well to some of the boys, um, the big boys of our, of our game. But I think um, most importantly, it is for all of us, is how do we bring one person more? How do we bring someone with us? Because this is way different now to politics. I don't, I don't think this is about politics anymore. Um, I think this is simply about, you know, values. And, and for many of us, those values are just about trying to leave something that our children might like to live in or country that our children can live in. Um, and when it's not about politics, uh, I think it's, it becomes necessary for all of us to think about who that one person more could be. Absolutely, and that's 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 as our constant challenge to um, to broaden the base of, of people that are involved. As you know, the, the tagline of our show, quoting Justice Lewis Brandeis, the most important political office is that of the private citizen, and yes. ultimately, what well, the ruling class and the politicians and woke corporations and leftist professors and and the whole lot of them deserve all the criticism and blame that they get. Ultimately, the fact that our country, that your country is locked down, ours was locked down, our border is open, um, our freedoms are being eroded, is due to not enough people fulfilling the obligations of their most important political office. Yeah, partly that. And partly, you know what, you know, Greg, I told people definitely back Boris Johnson, absolutely support Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson's great news. You must back Boris Johnson. He's going to get Brexit done. And what, you know, who is it that's led us into this hellhole that we have in the UK? You know, who is it that's fronting up uh, the crucifixion of my country? I mean, I've Obviously, I believe it to be a larger world order influence than Boris Johnson, but he's signed up and he now has them as his paymaster. And Boris Johnson has been the very worst uh, for my country. I don't know who would have been better. I don't have the replacement. And I always say you have to pick your monsters. Um, but, you know, as, as, as me listening to what you're saying in terms of the office of the private citizen, well, I've done a pretty awful job in some regards by agreeing to back someone who's, who's completely collapsed our country. Yeah, these guys, these guys, these guys are, and gals uh, d disappoint us. They here in the, in our country, they regularly will campaign, especially in the primaries. Yes, I am a strong conservative, and I and, and when they and when they get to the swamp, whether it's in Sacramento in California or it's in D.C., they just they they, they 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 no longer are these conservative warriors for freedom that they pretended to be. Uh, in the election, and I know that I, I've, I, I know Boris was going to be your next husband for there for a while, but mm -hmm. you preemptively mm -hmm. divorced him. Yes, yes, absolutely, and I'm slightly ashamed, uh, well, very ashamed, really, that I was part of supporting him. Again, I don't know what the alternative was, which is why, you know, you always have to have the alternative. You can't just say, well, I'm not voting because I don't like him. But um, yeah, it's been very distressing to see that he's been so willing to uh, sell out the country in the way that he has done. And I suppose watching how we fracture sometimes, you know, we split, don't we? we divide instead of come together. I guess that's the, that's the next challenge here in California following the recall is how do you, because there's no primary, is there for your gubernatorial race here, is how do you make it so we don't get fractured amongst the number of candidates? Yeah, and of course, that's, that's, that's already happening. There's already three uh, Republicans with some name recognition that are in, and uh, that, that doesn't include um, Richard Grinnell, Rick Grinnell, which who might get in. And then latest I heard was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a great groundswell of support for this candidate, uh, Caitlyn Jenner, a.k.a. Bruce Jenner. Yes. Is now yes, thinking, I heard the case. Thinking about running, and then you've got the mayor. I think I think Sacramento GOP are backing the uh, the Rhino uh, Faulkner. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah. He's very liberal. I mean, it's really hard to see much of a difference between Faulkner and Newsom. Right. And so and so, I think there's a massive effort that's going to need to be sort of gripped in order of trying to keep people. The worst, the very worst thing is to fracture support amongst a whole range of candidates, as we know, 
And there's going to need to be this very strong armed approach that channels people's energy behind the the candidate who will best deliver what California needs. And, you know, clearly I'm the foreigner and I'm the outsider, but you can see the issue starting to, to raise itself already. Yeah. So when you divide, you divide up the Republican vote so many ways, if, if one, if assuming the recall makes the ballot and I'm not convinced that it is, I think, I think that there's a good chance that Democrats will cheat and keep it off the ballot, but let's assume it makes the ballot then you divide the vote up four ways, five ways among the Republicans, among major candidates. And then if one Democrat ran, that Democrat would probably would probably get in. Yeah, that's exactly it. So if I was a Democrat now, I'd be throwing money, if I had money, throwing, throwing money behind as many candidates as I could, promoting them equally, trying to get two sort of 40% candidates so that you've got uh, the wipe out the Republican vote by dividing it. If I was a Democrat, that's where I'd be spending my money. And then as Democrats, you just enter one relatively solid, relatively centrist, relatively people-pleasing, box-ticking candidate, and you win. Um, It's not hard to see how that plays out strategically. And that seems to be where I imagine that's where they'll be funding money, throwing money right now. Um, I also know that it's only £5,000, I think, to be on that um, register of names that people have the opportunity to vote for if you get to the recall. And I can imagine they'll be throwing in some Rick Grinnells and uh, Rick Grinnell with one L or two Ls or whatever, just to confuse people as well. So, you know, we're really going to have to work hard to make sure that if we do get as far as that recall, um, that people are well schooled in, in what the right answer is or the, the, the right answer for America or certainly for California. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know if you know him or you probably know of him, James Dellingpole. He's, he writes at Breitbart for their UK division. And, yeah, I know James. Uh, yeah. So, so, he, so, he, so he, he was just writing, you know, he said it used to be a joke that, um, that Corbyn, the, who was the far left Marxist leader of the Labour Party in the last election, you know, that he would be a better prime minister than Boris Johnson. But these, you know, just recently when they voted to extend these horrendous lockdowns, stricter than anything that has ever been in, in effect here, Corbyn voted no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a remarkable thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a remarkable thing. And actually, I think it's when we start to wonder about left and right. You know, I think maybe left and right or, you know, Republican, Democrat, whatever, becomes a sort of old fashioned notion in terms of dividing politics that way. I think France shows it very well, where the harder left candidate who's called Mélenchon, and then you have the harder right candidate, Le Pen, uh, their their voting sort of sex segment overlapped because when people couldn't vote for Mélenchon, they didn't want to vote for the centrist. They were actually voting for Le Pen on the on the harder right. So it's it's this idea that the voting spectrum is actually more of a is more of a circle that doesn't meet at the top than it is some kind of linear scale. And I think that better helps explain why sometimes someone on the far left seems to do something that you might agree with or that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, before in the remainder of this segment here, I want to come back to Brexit, which we've talked about previously. I think that's over and done with. Are you are you satisfied with what you got? Are you is Britain now a free country, for at least free from the <laughs> EU? Well, you know, I, I try to be positive um, about lots of things and be upbeat. But uh, the upbeat bit is that we'd finally got Brexit. So Brexit happened, became part of law and passed in law, and we left the European Union. So we are no longer in the EU. And that is uh, a great tribute to 17.1 million British people who uh, went against government orders and did what was best for themselves in the country. I would say that because of the Iron Curtain of lockdown and because of the disaster of COVID and because, um, you know, our country is virtually crucified now, um, there are boiling points everywhere. And what I mean is, you know, the country is ready to, it's like a boil that needs lancing. There's so much pent up anger and frustration and sadness and depression. And of course, the one point that was always going to get lanced first uh, was Northern Ireland. And right now, as we speak overnight, there was bombings and fire bombs and uh, rocks throwing and Molotov cocktails thrown between the border in Northern Ireland. And so 
that that to me is a symbol of frustration. But what it's been seen as is the failure of Brexit, because what Brexit did by leaving the EU, part of Ireland remained in the EU and part of Ireland was belonging to the UK still. And the age old tensions, the IRA and all of the rest of it, uh, it's reignited those. And so it looks like we will lose the Irish peace process some would say as a result of Brexit, I would say as a result of probably Brexit and the frustrations of being locked down for over a year. Are you free? Is, 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 excuse me. Is UK, could UK establish, if it wanted to, whatever immigration policy or tax policy or trade policies that it wanted to, or, or are you still hooked into the EU? Um, no, we are freer to establish trade policies. We'd be freer to have immigration policies. But in a way, that, that is kind of, you know, that's a bit like telling a bear in a cage that if it left the cage, there were all of these things it could do. Because Britain is locked down in, as the bear in the cage, we can't trade because you're not allowed to be more than seven miles from your home. We can't um look at immigration or people migrating in because nobody's allowed to travel in or out of the UK. A lorry driver got caught the other day with migrants in the back of his truck leaving the UK because it's such a blooming awful place to be right now. So I suppose in one way there's some joy because I'm losing illegal migrants in the back of a truck who have finally given up on my country. Um, but actually we can't really feel any effects of Brexit because it's all been completely hand-grenaded by COVID and this unnecessary lockdown. Let's take a pause here and hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we are pleased and honored to have with us this week Katie Hopkins. And she is she's back uh, in California. And we're very pleased in the Redlands Tea Party Patriot. She's going to be speaking at our group. We record here on Thursday, so, so Thursday night. She will have spoken, and I'm sure it's going to be a packed house, and she'll do a, uh, a a brilliant job. But this is just the first stop of your California tour. Yes, that's right. So coming in from Colorado back into the sunny Californian sunshine, um, you know, and all of this kind of just comes up as I go. I didn't know that I would definitely make it into America. I didn't know uh, that I would be allowed in. But now I'm in. You know, it's been great that people are so willing to hold events and and people realize that one thing we definitely need at this time is to come together, to be together, um, and to remember, you know, I watch people when they come in a room and, and they take their mask off and their little shoulders go down um, and they feel better because they're around people and they realize that it's not just them that thinks the way they think. So that's been a joy. Um, so, yeah, from, from you guys in Redlands, then I go to L.A. and we're going to have two nights of stand-up comedy um, which I'm a little bit nervous about because actually being introduced as being funny is different to just being funny. Uh, on the 12th and 13th of, of uh, April at the Lux, that's already sold out, which I think is a great sign in the heart of LA, which is supposed to be enemy territory. Uh, and then I'm going to sweep back up to Sacramento, through Napa Valley, go to Pastor Tim in Murrieta, uh, go to Palm Springs, and eventually end up back in LA. So, you know, a good a good time on the road for me and also a good time to be amongst patriots who are who are fighting hard and also to say thank you to all the brilliant people of California who, who have signed this petition and, and made change that's really kind of resonating across the whole of America, um, which is which is really a joy. And I do and I do genuinely think, you know, it remains true, no matter what else goes on, 
it remains true that ours is the side to be on, that ours are the side of people who simply want the best for each other. You know, that's literally our motivation. We don't really mind what anyone else wants to do or how they want to live their life. We would just like it if they would let us live ours as we would wish to without being told what to do. Um, so I think that's all very important to me as well. And um, But yes, it will be my first stand-up, my first official stand-up gig in LA doing conservative comedy, which I would say we're much better at because we're funny and Democrats are not. Yeah, um, the, I was I was Will Ryan. I forget the exact quote. Basically, where do you get all your material? He, he was he was a he was both a he was a political comedian, and uh, so why I just read the paper. And, yes, uh, yeah, exactly. So, same, same, you know, same, same idea. Um, where you go, are you going home after California, or are you going to you have more you have more touring of the, of America? <laughs> you know, I don't know, Greg, just yet. I um. Last time I was here, I did I did this sort of similar thing, which was to sort of throw myself to the wind, um, which I'm a big believer in, actually. I have my husband in the UK. I have my family in the UK. I have three children under the age of 16. So obviously, they all need things. And um, in time, I need to be back being um, a mum. But equally, as a mum, you know, what are you fighting for? You're, you're fighting to raise your children properly in a way that you think gives them the best start in life. But... As a mum, I also owe it to my children to be fighting for them to have some kind of country to grow up in or some kind of culture left, um, whether that be in the UK or eventually if we did have to get out, having been somewhat hunted for my views, um, whether that was in America. So as a mother, when people say, or, you know, the a typical criticism is, well, you're a mother, who's looking after your kids and why don't you get back to see your kids? Well, I look at those people and think, yes, but you know, as a mother, I have a duty to to have a country that my children can grow up in. And I don't see that one right now. So I will probably just stay on the road until there always comes a day. And it happened last time, three days before your election, where I hit this this sort of brick wall and my heart says, OK, time to go. And then I pack up and I go to the airport. Um, so I'm not not knowing when that brick wall is going to come, but um, I could see me still being here well into May. In our remaining time, I want to come back to something you 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 start you touched on, and and I think it, bear, it, it bears emphasis that we have the better ideas of how to live as as free people, as believing in God, in families where children are raised by a mother and father, uh, liberty, representative democracy, the free enterprise system. Treating people as individuals, not as members of some identity group, that you're judged on the content of your character, not on the color of your skin, and so on. We we have the better ideas, but we don't seem to have the confidence that we have, and and that that we have the better ideas. Yes, and I, I think that's very true, or at least we had the confidence knocked out of us because we have been schooled well that if you have these ideas or these thoughts or this way of thinking, it's wrong or we will come and take something from you or you could be the victim of a next attack or you could be targeted in a restaurant when you're out trying to have a meal with your family, all of those things. Um, so we kind of got schooled into the idea that we must be wrong or at least we must be quiet. Um, and I think it's one of the joys, and especially here in America, as I say, it is different here is that you can only push Americans so far. You know, it appears in my country, you can keep pushing, and they are still pushing, and they will push people until they're utterly compliant. I believe in the UK, uh, within the next five years, British people will lose the right to own their own private vehicle. Um, and this is a bit of a sort of, feels like a bit of a, a left of field, but it is the direction we are headed in. And obviously you can see it coming on the trajectory with your Green New Deal. I think British people will no longer be able to own a private vehicle in the UK in the next five years. And my point is that that can't happen in America. You tell a man with a Ford pickup that someone's going to take it off him and the weapons are going to come out. You guys have something different to us. And I think this time, as much as it's been difficult and hard, has also been a time of awakening. And I think back to the lady I met at the Trump Hotel lobby just before the election where we knew President Wood 
Donald J. Trump would win. Um, and we were expecting mass riots. So if you remember, we were just about to get the Trump win. And we knew that when Trump won next, you know, in Minneapolis, in Portland, they were going to burn the place down. And this woman looked me in the eye in the Trump lobby and she said, if they come on my property, they should know they are not leaving my property. I've had a good life. I've got grandchildren to fight for. They're not leaving my home. And, and that to me is where we're getting. We're getting to the point of pushing people where the, 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 the right to live the remainder of their life is less important than the right to fight for their children or grandchildren to have one. Well, that's how we, we got our freedom in the first place, is people that were willing to fight and die if necessary, both for your country and for ours, to give and preserve the uh, freedom we have. Uh, in our very little time we have here, how can people best follow you? I know that after, after my er repeated urgings, you finally, uh, got, you, you finally got on Gab at KT Hopkins. Better K yes, T I'm Hopkins. Yes, I'm on Gab. Yes, yes. Um, and where else? And yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoy Instagram because it's a younger audience who are there at the moment because of lockdown. And they're realizing that when they used to think I was a complete cow, now they're kind of going, hold on a minute. Maybe she was speaking a bit of sense. Underscore everything, underscore Katie, underscore Hopkins, underscore, underscore everything. Um, you'll find me on Instagram. And, I, and that's a really great way of me um, getting messages out pretty quickly to people as well. So Gab or Instagram are great places to find me or somewhere on the road um, is also. So if anybody's got any um, great ideas for getting people together and they think I could be useful, I'm very happy to hop in and help out. And with that, we are out of time. We could carry on this conversation, I'm sure, at least I could. I know you, you, you may have other things to do, but you know, I, I could carry on this conversation all day. Thank you so much for being on the show and everything you're doing for the, for the cause for oh. freedom. And thank you for being you. Uh, uh, at the Red Tea Party Patriots on Thursday. I'm sure you were brilliant, uh, as, as always. <laughs> and with that, tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite, i.e. Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921, California, DRE ID number 10126585, Arizona, NMLO license number 092643, Branch, NMLS ID number 1841782, Summit Funding Incorporated, NMLS ID number 3199, Arizona license number 092537, Equal Housing Opportunity. AM 590, the answer